0: Hi, this is Nick Holly from the Houston Roughnecks and this is the XFL show.
1: football fans this is still award season this is for the love of football and this is the xfl show i'm alan and i'm bryant and well failing to prepare is preparing to fail the great john wooden once said bryant so today we need to really focus get fired up and count down those who had their teams ready to win in XFL 2020? Ready and executed. This is episode 126. Counting down the coach of the year, Bryant. This is the one I've been waiting for.
2: Coach of the Year. Wow, wow, wow. This is uh the one you've been waiting for. What's the one I've been waiting for to Alan? Uh, we've been fortunate enough to have most of these coaches on this show interviewed at some point in time. Uh, so I'm glad we get to count down because they've been putting in some hard work. They put in a hard, a lot of work, a lot of uh, preparation, uh, putting their squads together, putting their teams together, putting their coaching staffs together, general managers, lunches, dinners. I'm sure uh, it was a very intense job this
1: year for them. Oh yeah, and this is a coaches' league, Bryant. I mean, let's face it, the NBA is a players' league, right? Everyone watches that for the players. The NFL, everyone watches it just because that's the NFL. And the XFL, I feel like we learned in five weeks, it's all about those personalities on the sidelines. For me, as a football fan, I mean, now we're seeing coaches like Sean Payton on Twitter start putting their own plays out there because I what they saw in the XFL. (laughs) This is revolutionary. This is what this league was all about. These eight coach general managers, don't forget these are coach GMs that put their teams together, went on the sidelines, put it all out there, exposed themselves as it were and something that's never been done before. It was fascinating. And I commend all eight of them, but we're only going to count down five of them today.
2: Well, we're, we're, we're trending towards that five, right? That's where we're keeping it a uh, five of the eight, but, but all of them did a great job. We'll get into all that too, Alan. Cause it was a good job by, by all eight coaches, uh, but five stood out probably more than the rest, but we got a very got screwed up. Show, I just Alan. got screwed up. <laughs> Zorn, my glasses. Am I supposed to put glasses on this episode? No, that
1: was last episode. that my glasses cute? Defense in last episode. Okay. Yeah, that was. If you have uh, a a dragon's windbreaker or a generic XFL jacket, you can do that for Jim Zorn. But they got the hat. He's got the hat. Everybody. All right. Well, we're settling in. We're counting down. If you notice,
2: Alan, my glasses are still here because I haven't gone
1: outside. By the way, stay inside, everyone. If If you notice, I'm very. I'm ready today for replays. We're gonna if we're, we need an instant replay. We on not, the, the, I don't think that's the remote control. I don't, no, I don't on the sh- on this show we use work. Super Nintendo controllers instead of the uh, Xbox controllers, like uh, the the guys uh, in the booth. In Must the be why it takes us an hour to start this show. Uh,
2: beyond a start time. It makes sense. Totally makes sense.
1: Hold on. I got to pause my mega man game over here real quick. I forgot to do that before the game started. (laughs) All right. So we're counting down the top five coaches of the year culminating with our coach of the year. But if you missed any of our other countdowns, we've done yet. You got to check them out. They're on XFL.com XFL, YouTube on this podcast feed. If you're listening to the podcast, Brian, we've done our favorite moments. We've done offensive player of the year. We've done Defensive Player of the Year. Now we're on the coach. We've got MVP coming up. It's award season. It's been a lot of fun. There's also bracketology going on that we're going to talk about in just a little bit. So, a lot for you to interact with as you probably. My my bracket's busted. Yeah, my my bracket is pristine. Never lost. In, in my bracketology <laughs> really? this year. Uh, and you know what? Probably going to be hitting the winner in the bracketology we wa- talk about in just a little bit, Brian, as well, yeah. on XFL.com. I have a feeling, at least. But if you missed any of those shows, they're all up there. And we know a lot of you are uh, in seclusion or just you know practicing social distancing, which means st- hanging out in the house a lot. And if you need something to get through the day, uh, get your mind back onto some sports, even though some of them aren't going on. We've got you covered here on This is the XFL Show. We have not stopped, Bryant, putting a lot of time and energy into these lists, into putting these shows together. And we do have a little bit of news. We're going to check in with some XFL players who are jumping to the NFL. And we're also going to have a guest on as we talk to XFL fans from around the league. We've hit a few cities already. Bryant, we're going to go to Houston, the Houston area. The Houston area, in quotes, not really Houston at (laughs) all, but the Houston Roughnecks nation. It's a nation when you're undefeated. We're going to talk to a hardcore Roughnecks fan uh, and get a glimpse at what it was like to root for the undefeated, never lost Houston Roughnecks uh, with Clint Domingue, who's my good friend uh, who I worked with down in Louisiana in local radio, Bryant. He's a talker, so just heads up. Uh, He's going to be blabbing a lot, but he's a good talker and he's a hardcore Roughnecks fan. So we're going to get the word from him on what it was like rooting for the best team in the XFL.
2: Yeah, it was uh, some good perspective from a uh, Houston area fan. Uh, We asked him when he exactly jumped on the bandwagon. I think there's some question marks out there of when uh, somebody jumped on that Houston Roughnecks (laughs) bandwagon, but still we're making our way around the league talking to fans uh, from Coast to coast, really. We'll see who we hit up next. But uh, if you want to be on the show, uh, hit up that fan line seven two four five six five four XFL. You can be on this show. We'll play your call, and maybe even give you a, a call on Skype, and, and you can actually be on the show. Be on the show. You know, make our boxes smaller so people don't see us too much, and then you'd be down there at the bottom.
1: There you go. You could be in this this beautiful uh, overlay that we have going on these days, in the, our fancy new. Uh, studio set up, Brian. That I mean my studio's been getting a ton of praise by everybody and everyone still says, What kind of boring studio are you in? Jeez, man. Get some get something in the background. I have a child. Well, put some pictures it's a lot up. it. I don't know. I'm i I'm, I'm snoozing over here looking at you. I got I got I'm candy into candy.
2: my I'm I'm uh, <laughs> I'm um, up to my knees in diapers and wipes. Come on out. <laughs> hey, I you don't, don't want yeah, you're right. I don't need to see that mountain. You want me to post that up on the walls? The mountain yeah. of used baby If I go up to the baby's nursery, plenty on the
1: walls. I don't think you want me to be putting on these walls. So let's just move on. <laughs> all right. Yeah, so check those shows out from last week. We've got those uh, still up. They'll be up for all eternity for you to check them out, see who won defensive and offensive player of the year, moment of the year. And, uh, yeah, they're on XFL.com as well in blog form. So check them out. Have a lot of fun with those. Uh, let's dink and dunk real quick. Uh, Brian around the XFL at, at XFL shows where you could reach us and we're on Twitter and we're, I'm voting on the, these brackets, Brian I'm interacting with fans still as I'm holed up here and people are reaching out to us. And I love some of the reaction we got to one of our fan interviews. We talked to drew a hardcore Battlehawks fan in St. Louis. And I love this from at rich Mars, who said, nice to have a fan on there to talk about their experience on the St. Louis fan base. I was interested to know for sure. So that's what the, we're hitting with this with these segments. Hopefully we'll get some Houston people interested in what Clint has to say about the Roughnecks here in just a little bit.
2: Well, I mean, that's part of the reason why we're doing these, right, to get fans interested into why other fans are interested in the XFL. And and Drew, you know, he's been a day wonder. We've talked about it many times. Uh, he was with us for a very long time. Uh, I want to say even before St. Louis said they would have a team, hmm. uh, and and Drew gave his great perspective on the city of St. Louis, and 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 uh, Rich Mars, uh, giving us his perspective on us having a fan on this show. We were fans at one point too, Alan. We still are. I mean, we are uh, super fans. I guess is what we've been dubbed as sometimes. I
1: Think we hit a home run with this. I like this checking in with the fan bases. It's a, it's a, it's fun because we're still <laughs> we still would be in the middle, you know, in in the season right now. Talking trash amongst each other, puffing everyone's everyone's puffing their chest. But if you go online, a lot of it's we miss the XFL, and you know this is a good I think a good segment to check in with uh, the fan bases and and get their perspective on the experience because it was definitely an experience and uh, a positive one at that. Uh, here's some more. Uh, I like the, this. This one's really good. Reaction to one of our countdowns, Bryant. Uh, this is from at he hate me XFL on Twitter. Not Rod Smart though. He clarifies that. Uh, he says, we all know P.J. Walker won all the awards. Quit playing. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, he yeah, can't win defense, the player you, of the year. You can make the argument. I'm, I'm not going to argue that you can't argue that. I'm not going to side with you on all of them. But definitely P.J. Walker deserves many awards for his season in the XFL. Um, he does. I
2: will give him that. I think there's certain categories that he might not qualify for. Maybe just didn't have enough plays on the defensive side of the football. Uh, I think he only threw four interceptions. So really that's only four defensive plays for the man. Give it, get, you know, give the man break. <laughs> it's uh, <but> yeah. <laughs> you know what he hate, he hate me XFL. I get what you're saying though. PJ Walker was a great talent. Sad to see him go, but happy where he's going to be, uh, in, uh, 2020 and beyond.
1: Yes, sir. Thanks for that. At he hate me. Thanks to Rich. Thanks to Drew. And and now and thanks last week to, to Chad Dukes, uh, who's talked about being a DC super fan. And now we're gonna go to another radio guy right now, Bryant. Uh, I, and he won't mind that I tell you this. Not as big as Chad Dukes, Clint. He calls himself the famous Clint D or whatever. He's very famous in in Lafayette. Where I used to live and do sports talk radio, I worked with this with this bozo all the time, and he he rode my coattails, and now he's a superstar down there. But I'm proud of him, and I'm excited for him to come on the show to talk about being a Roughnecks fan. Alan
2: uh, Clint, uh, what what's his last name? mang
1: It's KG. Clint Domain.
2: Okay, yes, all right. He he's never going to be able to make it, unfortunately. Clint, I love Clint. I, you know, me and him go way back now too. Uh, because if he wants to make it in L.A., he's going to have to change that name because, really,
1: it's Clint Domingue. Yeah, yeah, in L.A., it's Out here in L.A., it's not Clint Domingue. Yeah, well, yes. you you be the judge on how it's you want pro- to pronounce his, his name. But listen up to Clint. He's got good perspective on being a Roughnecks fan from not too far, but not in H-Town. Uh, he, he's part of a crew that would get together and watch all the Roughnecks games because I lived in Lafayette. They have a lot of fans of the Houston teams there. Going back to the Oilers, even the I know you'll call them the cheating Astros. (laughs) They're they have a fan base there for Houston teams, and he said they all jumped on the Roughnecks bandwagon. I guess before they you know started winning all those games, and he's going to talk right now about about being a Roughnecks fan here as we check in with some XFL fandoms here on this is the XFL show. Well, roughneck fandom spans a little bit further out than H-town. We're going to go to Lafayette, Louisiana. Talk to Clint Domain, good friend of mine who's known in those parts as the famous Clint D or CD. I don't know what he's going by these days. I know he's got a big a big quarantine beard. What's up, Clint?
0: Ah, uh, not much, Alan. I've been doing good. Absolutely enjoying myself here in Lafayette, Louisiana in As we call it lockdown here inside the 1037 the game penitentiary.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Puts a fellow radio man like me, Brian. So he's, (laughs) I got out of radio to podcast so I could be stuck at home. He's still stuck at the station.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, (laughs) well, it's like this is the only place I can be, Alan. I'm essential. (laughs)
2: It's <laughs> essential to the show. Alan, you mentioned Roughnecks uh, Nation spanning wide. Uh, at five and now, I'm sure that spans uh, all over the place, Clint. When did you actually become a Roughnecks fan? Week three, week four? Four,
1: five. Week five? Yeah, when'd you jump on the bandwagon, Clint?
0: <laughs> the second the logo came out, Alan, the second That's we found sweet. out about the Houston Roughnecks, when they came out, it would be. I'm- almost so close to being ceased and desisted with their Houston Roughnecks logo looking eerily similar to the Houston Oilers gimmick back in the gap. But I was a fan of them from Jump Street because it was the closest
1: team to me. It was the closest team to you. And I'm hearing – from all my friends down in Louisiana that the Roughnecks not only cuz they were good but because of the logo because of the personnel getting getting ready for the season there was a lot of buzz going into it and then they ended up delivering 5 and 0 talk about uh, you know what you and some of your friends you're watching XFL football with thought of the Roughnecks and and how you all enjoyed it
0: Well, they enjoyed it. Like everybody enjoyed it. Team Mark over in Church Point, he was constantly texting me, being like, man, what about this team? Like, this team is absolutely outstanding. I think a big reason why this fan base was all in on them was not only because of the fact they're in Houston, the closest team to the Acadiana area, but also one of our own. And Raheem Malone, SMU transferred over to the Louisiana Raging Cajuns, jumped over. He went up having a pretty good debut, four receptions, I believe, what, 15 yards in that game. He still was able to put up some decent numbers. But at the end of the day, the story of P.J. Walker out of nowhere, absolutely great story all the way around for him.
1: P.J. Walker was the man, and he's now in the NFL. We're sad to see him go, but, I mean, watching him. With the Dan Carolina doing, Panthers. I know you don't like that as a Saints <laughs> fan either, but – what he did with the Roughnecks was special. I mean, how about PJ Walker? What, who did he liken? You liken him to any other quarterback you've ever seen? Is he? Uh, I've I've been saying he like reminds me of like the Second Coming of Brett Favre. He was kind of reckless, but he never never really came to bite him.
0: Oh, I would definitely say a Brett Favre comparison is apropos. I think another comparison for me, I think Mike Vick, the Madden for Mike Vick, because that guy was just absolutely outstanding. It felt like if we, there was an XFL game, P.J. Walker would be 99 overall.
1: I, I could get with that. And <laughs> be on the. he would be on the cover, and there would be no curse either, Brian. Yes. It would just be the P.J. Walker. It's what you want. It's what you on the cover of the game. Uh, the, the you got to give the people what they want. It. <laughs> Cliff, we're going to get into
2: coaches here as we're giving away our Coach of the Year award here pretty soon. Uh, what about June Jones, man? You get to hear you know his play calling, uh, what he was talking about. Didn't like referees very much. Doubt he took any of them to dinner after the games. Uh, what about June Jones? Did he make an impression on you as much as he has on this show?
0: Oh, June Jones is absolutely the best for me. He's undisputed Coach of the Year. If there was a Football Writers Association of America for the XFL, that he would get all the votes for Coach of the Year. Not just for what he was able to do on the field, but his banter back and forth with the referees. Telling one of the referees you shouldn't even be in the league is absolutely outstanding. Roger Goodell would have none of that.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> that's only in the XFL. You get to see stuff like that. And the June Jones with the referees. My favorite Wait, Alan,
2: Roger Goodell wouldn't put a, a cup of uh, into the beer snake. You're telling me that?
1: Definitely not. That would not happen <laughs> at all. He would not allow the fear snake. I, I doubt it, man. And, and you know what? The, the best rivalry was June Jones versus the referees, I think, in the XFL. Clint, what stood out most, uh, most of all about the XFL to you? Why, do you? why did you enjoy it so much?
0: I think the thing that stood out the most to me, Alan, and I'll give you two things. The first one is obviously what happened with the XFL and when it came to sports betting. The way they managed to do things with the spreads, the over-unders, putting it on the broadcast, being the first group of – like an an actual professional league, being able to put that on their programming. Because guess what? We're degenerate gamblers. We're going to gamble on these things, be it legally or illegally. I think we'll wind up seeing a lot more states adopt legalized sports betting after this whole COVID-19 stuff is finally over. And I think we'll wind up seeing it be used more and more. Another part of it was just the transparency of it all we saw during those replays, during the reviews, you saw the guy out there with the Xbox controller and seeing how everything was done step by step, making sure you knew exactly how the sausage was made. That's exactly how you want to do things. If you're in the XFL or any other league, show us how you're getting to these like reviews and how you're determining whether or not the call is going to stand or if it's going to be overturned.
1: Actually, Brian, hold on. Let me go back in the review real quick and see if that was a sufficient answer from Clint. At this, and yeah, we're I'm more clear. interested
2: on that one thing. That what, the, how we make the sausage? Can you just review that statement?
1: And what? Well, why would you say sausage, Clint? You're down in the KDN. What about boudin? We want to know how the boudin hey, is
0: made. Uh, the boudin is made. Oh, oh man. I, even I don't know how the boudin is made. <laughs> it's all. It's all about how the sausage being made is easy. So boudin I'll- is a whole different level.
1: So the, the team being in Houston, you're in Louisiana, you said you watched all the games with friends, everybody was talking about the XFL and Lafayette at least, do you think, I mean obviously I think you would probably want a team in Louisiana, but having one in Houston close by is pretty nice, right, and you're going to be rooting for the Roughnecks moving forward?
0: I'll be rooting for the Roughnecks movement for because it doesn't seem like expansion is going to be in the cards for twenty twenty one. If the season had managed to complete and you wound up having the XFL championship game in Houston, I'm very I think you and I both are very disappointed in the fact we weren't able to be at the Was it gonna be was it gonna be called the million dollar game or was it just just no. the XFL championship game? <laughs>
1: it was gonna be just the, the XFL, XFL championship game. But I would have seen you down there, Clint. I was looking forward yeah. to it as well.
0: Exactly. I mean, you're not going to see expansion. You're not going to see a team in Louisiana, at least not anytime soon. I know there is definitely a movement to get one in New Orleans. Personally, Lafayette, Louisiana, would love to have that. Cajun field would be packed way more than maybe some Cajuns football games. Oh, did I say that out loud? But I'm absolutely loving what I've been seeing lately from the XFL all season long. Mind you, it was only five weeks, but it was still some damn good football.
1: I think we leave it at that, Brian. I think that was well said, Clint. You've got, you're on the road to 2021. Pace <clears throat> yourself, and we'll be definitely seeing you down in Houston at TDECU Stadium for a game next season. All right,
0: Adam, go tires. <laughs>
1: <laughs> See you, Clint. All right, guys. Thanks to Clint Domingue for talking Houston Roughnecks. Domingue. Houston Roughnecks. Houston Roughnecks, number one. They were uh, undefeated, and Clint, Was on the bandwagon, but he said from the start because of the logo, which I totally understand. Great logo. And Bryant, there you heard it from probably the fan base. I mean, nobody likes the team that's winning. So, obviously, this is a fan base that, at least online, some people are like, oh, those Roughnecks fans are at it again. But I was totally fine with them and thought they did a great job and were very honorable.
2: Clint was very honorable, I will say that. (laughs) Although you know, um, now nah, it, it was a it was a solid fan base. They showed up in 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 the by the thousands. Hold on with uh, the rough. Hold on. Played.
1: Let's take this to a replay. Did I te- detect sarcasm in this from Bryant? <laughs> Hold on. We're rolling back. No, clear. we're clear. We're going to resume the segment. And uh, yeah, the the play the confirmed? stands confirmed. Play stands, stands is called. Stands, stands is called. <laughs> All right, let's move um, on. Let's no, move but it was
2: on. great for Clint to actually get into this. I appreciate his uh, time. You don't
1: have to no thank Clint. Parker, I, he's our friend. We don't have to thank him too much. Thanks a lot, Clint. We appreciate it. Thanks for the perspective. You owe me 20 bucks, Clint. <laughs> on being oh, right. a Houston Rough Knicks fan. Let's move on now to this week's cover two.
3: All day long. Great focus, great intensity.
1: All right, first up, Bryant, we got these these top moments brackets. Now, we did our own personal show version of the best moments of of 2020. And we were we cast a wide net, different kinds of moments. It doesn't have to be one play. These moments that are in the brackets on XFL.com, and you can vote on them in Twitter. This round, I believe, ends a day from us recording this on a late, late Monday night. So plenty of time to continue to vote. This is a process. It's a bracket. It's a bracket. It's in top eight. You're going to go to four, down to two, and one winner. Our winner is in this in this uh, bracket, Bryant, but every all the other plays we did not have on our show, so that's why it's totally different, and it's really fun. As voters, we're getting to, to dive into this thing. You want to watch some of these plays here and, and go through what's up here on, on the XFL's top moment brackets up on Twitter that everyone could vote on? Yeah,
2: I mean, Alan, I've seen these plays uh, multiple times, a uh, hundred times probably already, just because, <laughs> you know, I've, I've covered these games so much. Uh, but we can watch them again one more time. I don't mind
1: it. Let's do it. First up, we'll look at the number four, number five moments up in the XFL top moments brackets.
3: Go. That one picked off. He threw it behind Hamlet and right into the arms of Tavarius McFadden, who's down the sideline Was an escort. And into the end zone
0: for the touchdown. Cornelius <laughs> lost the football. L.A.'s found it. Boogie Roberts, Boogie on down, a 23-yard return for the big fella.
1: Got to vote for Boogie Roberts between these two, right, Brian? I mean, I don't want to sway anyone's opinion, but we're pretty biased for the big guy from L.A. That was just a tremendous play, though. I mean, it, it was just, a great
2: play. You know,
1: you know, a 40-yard dash or
2: 30-yard dash, whatever it was for the for the big fella, uh, was, was, a, was a long ways to go.
1: It was, it was a lot of fun. Watch that one live, too. That was a lot of fun to see. Oh, I'm very jealous. Well, let's go to number three versus number six. I was at the moment that is nominated uh, for number three. Number six was a damn bra- backbreaker, too. This is a tough one to vote for.
3: Cardell Jones. Barnell Jones, a flip, back to Rogers, back to Jones, a man wide open down the sideline. It's Kyrie Lee, five, goal line, touchdown, D.C. Defenders. Ball batted in the air and intercepted. That certainly won't help. Ryan Mueller, he takes it in
2: for the score. How'd you vote? I think I'm going to go with the flea flicker. It was just so pretty. So beautiful, so much preparation.
1: Great preparation and week one. I mean, anything that happens in week one, very sentimental. Bryant, tough to tough to vote against. That's pro- that's what I went with as well, and I bet that's what wins. What are the odds up? Do, can we put the odds up? Does Vegas have odds on the? Uh, the We're the call.
2: Vegas is actually closed at yeah. the moment. So
1: damn. All right. Well, we could go to number two versus number seven, and I was doing this earlier with our with the Clint. Uh, interview showing off my pj sidearm that is one of these nominees going up against keenan reynolds of the seattle dragons
0: walker pumps again still looking dancing firing it's caught for the touchdown a bullet to cam phillips for six his movement in the pocket kb that, that that's his game what a talent
3: here's silver's to pass over the middle he All the way to the house. The answer is 78-yard pick six with
2: a 68-yard touchdown pass. Isn't it awkward that the Vipers' top pick is is also the play right before this one? How do you mean? The Vipers' top play was a pick... That was from the same game, and then the next play, they throw this (laughs) touchdown. The Seattle Dragons throw this touchdown.
1: Oh wow! I didn't even realize that. You're right. That was a great game, though. See a thousand times. I'm telling you, I've watched this a thousand times. I've watched them a whole lot. Uh, Let's go down to number one versus number eight. Uh, The the top ranked moment so far uh, going into this, coming from St. Louis's. Region, I guess we'll call it the Battle Hawks region taking on the renegades. we were at this one that's number one, Bryant. It won our top moment on the show. This is really for the number one play of the year, but also you're talking about I mean the most unlikely probably play of the entire season. It's Landry Jones versus the return the return during the return of football in St Louis. At the opposite 30. Can't move to the ball is fielded. And
0: here goes Keith Mumphrey. And they're going to turn it around. With room on the near side.
3: And for the first time, they get creative. And the Battlehawks have the sideline. And a kickoff return from Joe Powell to the end zone a touchdown St. Louis. And that one slotted down back to Jones. You can throw two forward passes in this league. And he does. And connects with Lance
0: Dunbar. Unbelievable savvy from Landry Jones. And Bob Stoops loves it. Ball is batted back to him. And-
1: How are you gonna blame the, the Dragons for letting Landry Jones throw a double forward pass by himself? On Jim, it's the Jim angle Zord. of the hand. If you go up with oh your hand angled gosh. at a forty five degree angle, <laughs>
2: so you got to teach him to go down with the other, you know, the, the negative forty five instead of the positive forty five. Um, that was an accident. Come on. And it plus, was football beautiful. returns. Beautiful to St. Louis. Moment.
1: How does that not win? It's Everything. a beautiful moment. Well, we'll see what wins. You could vote right now on Twitter at XFL twenty twenty. The best moments bracket is up and live, going through the rest of the week. So we've been keeping tabs on it, and we're down to the 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 elite eight in our brackets. We get brackets in in March, going into early April. It's it's what we all were. Not exactly what we were hoping for in that regard, but still it's XFL and it's a whole lot of fun. So check it out and uh, we'll be keeping up to date with that as well. Um, see how it compares to our moments as well, maybe on a future episode when this bracket is completely played through. Bryant, let's go to part two here of our cover two and check in with some XFL players going to the NFL. We've already talked about a a, a plethora of them, a, a Bunch of our favorite XFL players getting a crack at the NFL, getting contracts, getting more going to get invites to training camp. And we have two more to talk about here. First up, defensive end from Pitt, baby, Dwayne Hendricks, who played for the Battle Hawks, had a sack, played pretty well for the Battlehawks, a part of one of the best defense, the best defense of the XFL, if you ask me, uh, he's going to the Steelers signed one year contract there among many other XFL players like we talked about last week Brian getting a shot at Steelers training camp in Latrobe and that's a pit guy too so I'm super excited for that personally but another big one is linebacker Edmund Robinson who really tore it up for the Roughnecks uh, along uh Demarquise Gates la- I mean last those those 5 weeks those two guys were all over the place for one of the, one of the better defenses as well
2: no, you're right. You got yourself a good one there going into the Steelers' camp uh, with Dwayne Hendricks and and then Edmund Robinson uh, causing some havoc uh, for teams on the rough next side for sure. Alan, we're going to see these lists grow and grow. We keep saying that every single week. I think the one thing that we have to keep in mind right now is um, roster or, or training camp invites. And I think that is what's, what you're going to see once these XFL contracts run out, teams are going to start issuing these. Ah, uh, training camp invites were our non-guaranteed deals, just kind of a spot in camp uh, that players get, and I think a lot of XFL, player, XFL players will be headed that way uh, once this uh, contract runs out, which I believe would be two weeks.
1: Um, the end of I believe we're going through to May uh, when they're officially, you know, the the planned end of the contracts we don't know exactly if anything was adjusted because of the end of the season but you're going to see more and more players get the opportunities these guys right now are getting signed to the nfl that we've seen so far and uh, we'll see who else makes the jump who else will be in camps come summer obviously we're also going to be sitting back and seeing if camps happen as planned there and what the offseason is going to look like for both the nfl and the xfl uh, in that regard, Bryant, we're on this road to to 2021, and I got to admit, feels like a bigger question mark than the road to 2020, and that was for the start of the first season. This one, I have no earthly idea what to expect, but I'm ready for anything. Last year prepared me.
2: Last year prepared you for what we're expecting this year? I guarantee you that anything we did last year.
1: For the unknown, I'm is- just saying. The, the, the anticipation. Oh, for the unknown. So you're prepared for the unknown. Gotcha. Yeah, I'm prepared for the unknown. Uh, it's a much more sinister unknown than the unknown of, of an exciting first season. But uh, the unknown th- here being, will we have an offseason that, that is happening as scheduled? We'll see. But as of now, yes, and we're keeping track of it all here on This is the XFL Show. Some more players signing on to the NFL. And we'll keep you up to date on all that as well. Of course, check on Twitter and, and uh, we're talking about them as they happen there. And then, of course, running through them here on the program. Bryant, we've reached that moment in the show. The cover two's done. You know what comes next? Do you? Um, do you app. know what comes next? Huh? App? Yeah, yeah. the XFL app. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You thought I was going to say countdown. No, no, not just yet. Hold your horses. We need to remind everyone to download the official XFL app, which is free to get in the Google Play Store or your Apple Store. And you could download it and get the latest XFL news. A really cool video went out this week thanking fans from damn near everybody in the league. It was really heartfelt, brought a tear to my eye. And. You could watch that on the XFL app. It's right there. It's the XFL in the palm of your hand. You could customize it to your favorite team. And when we do kick off in 2021, you'll be able to use it as an in-stadium go-to app for everything you need XFL. It is your source for everything XFL. It's the official XFL app. Download it for free today. App happened, Brian. Now do you know what comes next? Shop. No. That. We'll tell people about in just a little bit. XFL shop's very cool as well. It's time for the countdown. Yes. The next countdown here on award season. We need an award season theme song, or you need to, you could play the trumpet. Can't you play, play some trumpet, hum us a a theme song.
0: (laughs) Brian's
1: the best at this yeah so you're good all right so there we go it's countdown time next up for one of our countdowns here in award season coach of the year Bryant. we have eight to choose from and we're going to whittle it to five now that means three guys are getting left off this list but really it's all about Who's in that number one spot, our coach of the year. We're going to talk about some of our favorite coaching slash general manager performances, though, of this season. Remember, their job started way before February.
2: Oh, yeah, their job started from the day they got hired. You got to remember, they, they were uh, instrumental in that 70-round player draft uh, from back in October so a lot of work for these coaches all the way to the, back to the summer showcases too, Alan. Remember those once upon a time as well. So we're breaking down the coaches. I don't know what you use as your personal criteria. Mine was kind of leadership, uh, performance, um, as well as you know just overall how did their team um, react to his coaching, to their coaching, right? To to
1: what I throw I, coaching like, too, I like stuff. I like all that those. stuff. I considered all that stuff, Brian, But I also throw in how they handled adversity because we saw a few coaches do that as well and how just well-oiled they have their team they had their teams and we'll see how it all shook out here in our list if you're ready for number 5 we could get to number 5 do you want number 5 right now yes you want number 5 i'm going to give it to you right now in our top coaches of 2020 it's another XFL countdown
0: See the standings right here. This puts L.A. right back into the mix. I think you got to think
3: right now, Houston, the Roughnecks, best record, only undefeated team. They clearly have the best player. Winston was trying his best not to smile. (laughs) He is happy. Deservedly so. His first win as a head coach at any level. Good for him. Shut the f*** up. I'm f***ing talking. Adversity strikes. Who are you? Do you think it's gonna be easy all the fing time. Hell no! no. The guys that not fing rise
1: to the occasion.
2: Alright, Dana, over there in New they York I what do you got? Though.
1: What? We got we have Coach Moss giving it a passion speech. What are you talking over it for? Come on. There he is, number five. Winston Moss Bryant of the LA Wildcats, our close personal longtime, dear good friend. One of your Howard. best friends. I can't believe you throw that out there. He people gave me a, a, that gave he's a hug friend. when I saw him. Gave me a hug when I saw mm. him. Did he give you a chokehold, a bear hug? No. He, he just pushed me away <laughs> no. when he thought I was eavesdropping on, on a coach's meeting, which I kind of, sort of yeah. was, but wasn't. Neither here nor there. <laughs> Winston Moss, talk about the coaching job he did. What stood out to me the most to him was... The fire. He's obviously the most intense coach in the league, but also so proactive. Trades, trades, trades. He traded away really good players that played well for other teams, DC defenders in particular. He sent Anthony Johnson there, Rashad Ross. He sent Luis Perez to the Guardians, um, which really helped them out a lot. But the Cojones to make those moves, firing his defensive coordinator, Pepper Johnson, after one week. These were bold moves Winston Moss made, and while LA wasn't tops in the West, they certainly were in contention, Bryant, and he made for the most entertaining watch of any coach I thought. And I mean they shut they had great they had some great games, two huge offensive performances, and that that defense shut down DC with damn near their whole secondary out in that game, and Winston Moss was calling the defense by then.
2: Yeah, they did, Alan, and it was a, a great performance by the LA Wildcats. Once uh, Winston Moss took the helm, you know, we joke a lot about uh, about Winston Moss. I've had the opportunity to get uh, as close as I can with a with a coach. I think as you as you possibly can without actually being on a team. And, and Coach Moss, uh, the the um, the room was would listen to him. The the the, the, the team would would. Just thrive off of his energy, and that's something that I don't think you get from a lot of coaches. Yes, they were two and three; uh, they were tied for second place uh, going out, uh, coming out of week five. Uh, what a great game that was against Tampa Bay—an explosion. He built a great coaching staff in LA, I think, as well, um, and he felt like he could handle the defensive part of the game. So, uh, you know, Coach Moss—I'd uh, want to play for him. He seems like a lot of fun. Uh, you know, joking. And don't forget the Mega Moss, Alan. We had the first wins of that uh, at training camp when he was with that. Uh, that megaphone out there. So he was a good coach um, and he makes number five on our list.
1: Yes, sir. Coach Winston Moss making number five here on our XFL show coaches countdown taking us to our next guy, Bryant from number five. We go to number four and he's a coach that really made the list for me because of how he handled adversity. Like I said, one of my criteria and maybe the most adversity of any coach and bounce back like a champ. It's number four go to New York.
3: All right, guys, one second, please. All right, listen up. Hey, what did I say to you at halftime? Turn it into the second half, and when it comes down to your heart, will, resolve, toughness, I had no doubt we'd win. The only thing we can't do, and we still had a little bit of it, is... We shoot ourselves, don't shoot ourselves. How many plays did we have out there that we didn't take advantage of? But you got a sense of how good you can be. I hope you recognize how good we can be, how physical we are, how tough we are, how much we can make plays. We got guys in this room that can do a lot of great things. All we got to do now is tighten it up a little bit it. Tighten it up a little bit. Each day work to get a little bit better. I
1: could not be happier for you guys. This is a big win now. Kevin Gilbride of the New York Guardians, Bryant. I mean, what can we say about the job he did? The the speech after the DC defenders lost the fork in the road. I thought that was very wise and very astute and honest. And they lost the next game after that too in St. Louis. But what happened was this guy decided to go with Luis Perez at quarterback, making that switch, avoiding a major disaster, and beating LA at home, putting New York right Shocker. back into it, right back into the thick of things in the East. Loved where they were heading defensively. Offense, they had some issues, but they were balanced. If one thing wasn't working, the other did in their victories. And Maybe it wasn't always pretty, but that's not what you expected with Kevin Gilbride. You just expected a prepared team. Two weeks, they were not prepared, but he fixed it, and that is the mark of a, a coach who can take the reins and really get everybody back in into the same boat, and that's, the, that's what the mark of a good coach. That's what happens in a tough football season. You have to deal with adversity. Guardians did because of Kevin Gilbride.
2: Kevin Gilbride uh, was a coach that, almost like a father figure, I would say to these, you know, he would, he would, even in the clip we just played, he would still point out what you did wrong uh, in a win. And that's just to keep you level to keep you even just like his team performed every single week. Uh, The, the New York guardians were Kevin Gilbride, right? Kevin Gilbride um, took responsibility. He took ownership and and he also brought that team together in times when in weeks uh, two and three, that team could have come unglued. I mean, they lost bad, the DC Defenders, they lost the St. Louis Battlehawks. They could have, uh, you know, taken their ball and went home and called it a season. They beat LA when no one thought they were going to. Might have, might have been the biggest upset of the season. And then they go all the way to Dallas, probably the most traveled, I would see, I would say, team uh, to win a game. Uh, Kevin Gilbride, a coach that uh, that keeps things real in the locker room and makes make sure he takes responsibility and ownership for what's going on
1: uh, on that football field. Absolutely. I mean, really, really could have been an amazing turnaround if we saw what else the Guardians would have been doing the rest of the season. Uh, that's definitely a team that I'm I'm really bummed we didn't get to see five more weeks of football from. But Kevin Gilbride in five weeks, I thought, did a, a, a pretty damn good job there, uh, making sure that he didn't lose control, making sure everybody was on the same page after some tough losses. Really cool to watch. Now we go to number three, Bryant, a coach that was out to prove something, that he could be a head coach. First time, and he came out week one ready for a huge opportunity. And, I mean, he took it from there. Listen, none of them
3: are easy. But let me tell you something. You enjoy every one of them. They're hard to come by. And people in this league already know that. You're you're a team to be reckoned with if you stay the course. Trust your teaching. Trust your preparation. And believe in each other. Trust in each other.
1: Because that's what's going to carry us. All the other stuff doesn't matter. But believe in each other. So, Jonathan Hayes, I mean... What can we say about Coach Hayes? Coach Hayes... Except that Coach Hayes... What happened? Coach Hayes held me every single down when we played back in the day. Coach Moss, we love you. We just talked to you about you. Coach Moss, we love you. But Jonathan Hayes was out here doing it the right way. And in week one, he beat Bob Stoops. That's when I knew Battle Hawks are ready. And he came out with the RPOs on offense a calming influence on young Jordan Ta'amu, beautifully done, a team's de- defense, a family a family affair, brother coach in the defense. I love the staff he put together in St. Louis, and I thought they did a great job top to bottom with him as the leader. Jonathan Hayes, what can you say about that defense he put together as the GM too, Brian? That factored in huge for me right. in placing him in the top five. No.
2: Coach Hayes to me was a definition of a coach that coached to his team's strengths. He knew when to pull the reins back on Jordan Tamu, not have him exposed out there. Uh, He knew when he had to depend on Jordan Tamu. He knew when he had to depend on his defense. Coach Hayes knew what was going on with all facets of the game at all times. You remember that play? I think it was in a two or two point conversion where I think it was Michael was was got the pitch. He was going to run it. He was going to throw it out to the receiver. With the wide open, I'll never forget this play. He ends up throwing it. He could have walked it in backwards if he wanted to. Coach Hayes, you just see him on the sideline, down to his knees, just kind of doing one of those, like, <laughs> no, what did you do? kind of thing. And then he, but, but he didn't lose it. He didn't lose his cool. He didn't say anything. He grabbed, he grabbed him and he say, says, Hey, next time, just run it in. Just run it in the next time. You got this. Don't worry about throwing it. If you see it, you got it. Let's go. And he just moved on to the next play. And that's, I think, calm, cool, collective guy. He knew what his team was all about. He knew when he had to do uh, when he had to be up like here or down uh, that way and let his guys do his things. So that's why Coach Hayes, number three on our list. Uh, great guy to see him. watch. You, you, and you can see why he spent so many years uh, in the Cincinnati Bengals uh, organization.
1: Oh, absolutely. And uh, don't forget the special teams, too. That, that guy came with plans and interesting plans and ways to catch you off guard he wasn't just thinking out, you know, I got to go out there and and just be ready and and go through the motions and do some things that people have seen before. He went out there to innovate and win. Pleasure watching him coach. Pleasure. Can't wait to see what's next for Jonathan Hayes and the St. Louis Battlehawks uh because that team like we've been saying, Bryant, they were flying high and I was picking them to win the East. But they weren't tops in the East when we finished the season early. The DC Defenders were because, well, they had some hashtag preparation.
3: Who well, you can afford to be, right? Woo. All right, enjoy yourselves. All right, tomorrow, that's your time.
0: Yeah, that's time. Monday. Monday,
3: Monday. okay.
0: All
3: throw some steel. All right, throw some steel. All right, get a workout in. All right, make sure our body's right. All right, Tuesday, we'll get a little work. Wednesday, off our feet. Yes, okay. sir. Thursday, Friday, take care of business. And then we own that bird going across the country. we right. a business trip. Woo! Think about how you felt a month ago, two months ago, when you was hoping that you can get this opportunity, right? To feel like you feel right now. You know what I'm saying? In football, pain is a privilege. We're training, preparing for a 12-round, heavyweight, Donnie Brook, no freaking gloves, fight for something that has value beyond cost.
1: Coaching like there was value beyond cost on the line every single week. Hashtag preparation, Bryant, number two on our list. Talk about it. Double forward pass, trick plays, flea flickers, turnovers, special teams touchdowns, Uh, everybody ready on his team. And then when they did have issues at quarterback, made the right call to go to Tyree Jackson and really steal a victory from St. Louis by running the damn ball the entire game. I mean, Pep Hamilton, probably in terms of learning the most as a fan, watching one guy coach, I don't think as a fan I learned more than watching Pep Hamilton, just hearing his call, his demeanor, and explain in interviews what he was doing as well. It was amazing to watch Pep Hamilton this season.
2: Alan, I was uh, able to pick the uh, highlights that we played here on YouTube of these of, uh, of these coaches and the reason i picked the one that we did of coach hamilton is look how prepared he was for the next week already going in out of out of week two right the man was so prepared for every single game preparation is not something that i just think it sounds cool it's true there the, i might change i'm ask to change the word preparation to preparation because i don't think anybody is more prepared for his games than coach hamilton and he has a plan he knows what to do uh with his team and he and he gets his teams to victory. He was almost number one on my list. If the record was there a little bit better, I would have had him at number one. But still, he willed his way to to have his team at number one in the East. And you know, I say that that I wasn't so impressed. If you go back and listen with what's going on with what was going on with the DC Defenders, but it had nothing to do with Pep Hamilton. It had everything to do with the players at that point. Pep was doing his thing, uh, making sure that players were ready, make sure he was ready uh, for whatever came to them on, on Sunday or Saturday or Sunday.
1: And again, as a general manager too, we have to credit him for what he did because he had a great draft. I think we said the D.C. Defenders preseason on paper, we love the roster they put together the most and they lost some players preseason to the NFL. They were poached
2: by the NFL yeah. more than anyone.
1: And what did Pep Hamilton do? He adjusted by making some trades, getting Anthony Johnson in there on D, getting Rashad Ross there at receiver and giving guys opportunities and really using personnel correctly as well. Um, they, they had adversity, and he reacted to that accordingly as well. Can't say enough about the job Pep Hamilton did. He is what this league's all about, the opportunity that he was presented and running with it, just like some of the players we've talked about. Pep Hamilton did what Pete effort and as a coach what pj walker was doing as a player i think getting that first big sh- sh- crack at the main the big stage and totally delivered like yeah he could have been my number one bryant but our number one is just so far and away the number one it, it was hard to vote against him so love pep hamilton not taking anything away but we need to go so now the coach of the year, Bryant. This is the XFL show. Awards continue, and now we've reached number one. It is time to crown coach of the year, and well, it may be it may be April now, Bryant, but it's all about June. Beginning to what we have, right? Yes. We got the
3: final pick into the game. Guys. Great job, <laughs> right. Do it go on the one. What a great stop. Hello, oh, Enjoy it. I'll see you on Tuesday at one o'clock. I'm wondering what the hell you're doing in this league. Go ahead, get out of here. I don't I don't want to talk anymore. It's wrong.
1: June Jones, he is much more than the the best coach to watch talk to the referees. He was the the coolest coach, the calmest coach. I think the most professional and prepared. Oh, so calm. Did you see him when his team was down in their last game? He sat like this. What about when he was talking to referees? That doesn't count. There's the only people that can fire June Jones up like that are referees. (laughs) Uh, A a two-touchdown deficit, he'll sit there stone-faced. You run this route. You guys do whatever you want. Just look out for the safety. Watching June Jones coach, it's like... He almost wasn't trying because his offense is so interesting it gives so much so much choice to the receivers and the quarterback that really he does all his work before game day and he gets his players ready they go out and they truly just have to execute a game plan that has been proven for years and years the run and shoot his and his team did that you know why he's a good coach because he went out they went out there and his players executed according to the game plan Four of the five stars of the week, Brian, right, were were Houston Roughnecks. And the team was undefeated. So how could we not give it to Jude Jones?
2: <laughs> so you give it to June Jones. Don't so what you see uh, during games is not why we gave it to June Jones. We're giving it to also because if you did base it off of what he saw in games you probably wouldn't have given it to him because it didn't look like he was doing much but you're right alan he had his team ready he gave them the options it's the way that offense works uh, touchdowns galore you cannot say that that was only the players the coaching strategies and what june jones uh, put on paper and in the minds of those players you know leads all and june jones uh, with a 5-0 team a team that uh, came back many times uh, we talked about teams that shut you down at the end where i always said that the Houston Roughnecks were beginner standards, right? They would start fast. They would end fast and stop you at the very end. They would outpace you. uh, And that's something that you really can't um, not give credit to June Jones. June Jones took this team. uh, He made it his own. It was very similar to what we saw at SMU, at Hawaii, everywhere else. But at at the same time, uh, June Jones took what the XFL gave him and made a great football team in the Houston Roughnecks. And that's why he's our number one for sure. I don't think oh, he, yeah.
1: who can, you can't put him anywhere else. And you know what? When your coach or and your quarterback could go on TV right before you get the ball on offense and tell everyone under God's hot sun what play you're going to be running next and go out there and execute it and get a completed pass down the field or across the middle. Uh, that's just everyone's cooking. Everyone's working together. It was beautiful to watch. Also, can we call the pick to go with PJ Walker as the starting quarterback and a real quarterback competition between him and Connor Cook? Maybe the preseason decision of the year by June Jones. Go. I mean, I was picking any quarterback playing for June Jones as the MVP, but I don't know how Connor Cook would have done. PJ Walker was just a home run by June Jones. What a choice! I don't think it was that difficult. You gotta remember probably, that Connor Cook that. was
2: his Absolutely. first pick. He yes. was the first-round pick, second pick overall in the skills uh, level of the draft. Uh, June Jones took Connor Cook, and, and you would have thought this was a serious competition. I don't know, Alan. P.J. Walker looks so good. I don't know how much of that.
1: How hard could that decision have been, though? Yeah, you're right. P.J. Right. Walker. Uh, Alan,
2: can you they... imagine, though, too, in five years from now, when 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 the awards show, when the XFL show, hashtag XFL show awards, <laughs> are like on a grand stage. We have like a dinner, dinner tables, people around. June Jones is going to come up and walk up And say mahalo To everyone who gave me this award Like that, how
1: cool is that sound It's going to be great I cannot wait I love it June Jones our coach of the year Brian What do you think where should we go Ritz
2: What In New York maybe where should we go I'm thinking the Ritz Oh Carlton, for our maybe? award show or is there a- Oh no
1: we want to do it at the yeah, theater at MS, The theater at MSG I've always wanted to be on that stage Right there with those cool lights in there I'm gonna be in there. Hold on, let's replay that again. Did we really? Did we really put? We didn't put Jim Zorn on here. I'm looking back on the highlights. uh, Jim Zorn did a A. great. Balls were bouncing back to quarterbacks. He was facing hands, and they got to throw double forward passes. Jim Zorn, I definitely want to see him in this league again too. Bryant Uh, Stoops, Stoops, Zorn, and Tressman did not make our list but doesn't take away from the jobs those guys did. The the thing you could say about all the coaches in this league, all the teams, all eight of them competitive, there were zero pushovers in five weeks. Oh, yeah. Zero. Zero. They, they were all competitive. The parity was truly there. That's because of the work the coaches slash general managers
2: I did. I, I will say this, Alan, because we're going to get some criticism for that because I agree with you. There were zero pushovers, but... What I mean by that, because you had your blowouts, you had your New York getting killed, you had your D.C. getting killed, you had your Vipers getting killed, you had those games. But what we're trying to say is, you couldn't assume that those teams were getting killed because if you assumed that D.C. was going to get killed in Week Three by L.A., uh, you were wrong. Big <laughs> uh, time. You were right, but that no way you guessed that. No way you guessed that because that's how well these coaches were. Uh, Allen, uh, yeah, great job. You know what? Jim Zorn had to call plays, something that he was not planning to do starting, you know, come kickoff. You know, exactly. Trustman, His team couldn't score in the red zone. They were doing so well. Great team. Just couldn't score in the red zone. You know, Landry <laughs> Jones goes down. What are you going to do? You <laughs> lose your offensive coordinator, Bob yep. Stoops. You know, these are all. Great. They they did. They had a lot. It's just top five. That's all it is. So yep. uh, we'll, we'll leave it at that. At
1: June uh, Jones five. is number did one. That's what we'll leave it at. For with a bullet, yes. June Jones wins it. Coming up though, June Jones. We've Remember. got MVP to give away on the next episode, Bryant.
2: MVP is going to be a lot of fun. So make sure you check that out. Give us your take hashtag XFL show awards uh, on Twitter or on all social media platforms. Follow us at XFL show. Let us know what you think of our top five awards that we've given away so far. That is coach offensive player of the year, defensive player of the year and moment. You also have the uh, brackets up there. So make sure you check those out as well. Subscribe today. Tell your friends, listen to us every single Tuesday morning, Friday morning on Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, Spotify, or your preferred podcast app. And you can watch us. I just like waving at the camera now. Jordan Smallwood.
1: Yeah. Oh, we got to do it. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, we got to get out of here. Uh, we're, we're done, right? Can I get back to? Well, Mega no. Man here? say also
2: watch us on XFL.com, YouTube.com slash XFL. The official YouTube page of Wait, the XFL.
1: Did you say the website right? Let me get the. Hold on. One more instant replay. All right. I'm looking back here. You're good. Are good you job. holding
2: that like a 1985
1: is game? <laughs> what are you doing? This is some of them you held. Re- re- did you see notice that some of them held the Xbox controller a little odd? Not
2: one did that. I no, watched these games a thousand times. Did, Not one did you didn't that. You
1: notice they Not did this? One. I knew a guy one time who played he played it upside down cuz he was left-handed. Yes. Yeah, I'll tell you about yes. that off air. We got to go. All right, that's it. We're done. <laughs> Thanks for listening to another awards sh- show episode of This is the XFL show. We've got MVP coming up, like Bryant said, and make sure you vote in those brackets as well. That's a lot of fun on XFL Twitter. Keep it locked to the XFL app, XFL.com. Plenty of action going on as we're all self-quarantining. Or as they say here in Pittsburgh, quarantine. We're quarantined. We're still talking XFL with you, baby, at XFL. You show. Are weird. We are. All right. For Bryant, I'm Allen. Let's get out of here, and we'll see you next episode to talk MVP. This is the XFL Show. Remember, they're listening.